Welcome to the Gin Ignite podcast. Whether you want to party or stay in, gin will ignite. This is the weekly show coming to you on a Friday, ready for the weekend, where we go through all things gin. If you want to find more out more information, catch me on Instagram at Gin Ignite or alternatively go to the website www.ginignite.com. Welcome to the show and let's get on with it. Hello and welcome to episode 17. Today we're talking to Claire Ryan from The Edge Gin. We're talking about her and Mike's magical brand, where it came from. We're talking about Merlin the Wizard. We're talking about their London Dry Gin, their Laurence Gin and their Pear Gin. But all that coming up in just a bit. First of all, I want to talk to you about Small Gin September. We're in our third week now. And if you haven't already, please, please support this event. We've already had Anvil Gin, The Wandering Bartender, and this week we have Lava Spirits. And I'm very excited about that because I interviewed Laura in episode 11 of this podcast for her launch day of Lava Spirits. And it was amazing fun. It was really fun, you know, sort of being involved in the launch. And I'm really looking forward to see how that progresses during the week. But it's certainly looking good so far. But I've got a scoop for you. Oh, yes, a scoop. I spoke to Vanessa. Now, I would I was trying to get her to tell me the distilleries, and I have to say she didn't tell me those. I did have a few guesses, but she wouldn't she wouldn't reveal them at all. But she has revealed a bit of a scoop in that she was only going to do one more gin brand, but there are two more gin brands now. So that is really, really exciting news. Something else I'd like to talk to you about is the City of Aberdeen Distillery Signature Gin Vote. So I enjoyed my chat with Mark last week uh, at The Wandering Bartender, if you want to find him on Instagram. And he obviously talked about his gin, The Wandering Gin, and kind of where he made it, which kind of got me chatting to the city of Aberdeen Distillery. And there you've got a really unique kind of experience for everybody if you want to kind of get involved. They're deciding on their signature gin, but they're not doing it alone. No, they're doing it in style and getting the people of Aberdeen and the friends of the distillery to help them decide. Plus, it's got the added accolade of becoming Aberdeen's gin. So what do you do? Well, essentially, you order a box of four gins. Now, I was hoping to have it by the time I was recording this podcast. And unfortunately, it's not coming till tomorrow. But I will post something um, on my Instagram feed and it'll go out, out everywhere else. So uh, you, hopefully you should be able to see that. But you order a box, it's $19.99, and effectively you taste them neat, and then you taste them with your preferred tonic, and you get a voting slip. If you need sort of more information, it, it comes with some information or, already, but if you need more information, there's certainly information on their website. But they're also doing a tasting event on Saturday at three o'clock at the Taste of Grampian event. Now, if you're lucky enough to be in Aberdeen, they're in the Have a Tipple tent, which I think is such a glorious name. But if you're not around, then it will be recorded and will be available on their website to watch. The gins are made from organic alcohol, which again is the wandering gin is is made from the the same sort of uh, base spirit. Now, it does cost twice as much, but it is worth it for the taste. The packs will be sold another week after the Saturday and Sunday event 
In fact, it's Friday, Saturday and Sunday, the, the Grampian event. And then you have till the end of the month to vote. It's such a great way to decide your signature gin. I felt I really had to support them too. So if you want to have a look at it, if you go to https colon forward slash forward slash city of Aberdeen distillery dot co dot UK forward slash products forward slash taste hyphen and hyphen vote. And that will take you to where you can order the gins. Alternatively, you can just look at the show notes and it's all there for you. My weekly gin recommendation this week is Strangers and Sons Gin. From the Third Eye Distillery in Goa in India, it comes from a, a mythical beast with three eyes and two tails who came upon, upon juniper hidden in a sari. And ever since then, it's had the way to put together this gin in its mind. But until now, it's never told anybody until it told the three owners or the three co-founders, Vidur, Sakshi and Rahul, and it told them its secret. And ever since then, they've been producing the gin. Now, the nose is, is kind of a London dry, but there's something sort of fresh about it, possibly the lemons in it. And something spicy. I think it's perhaps the bergamot that, that's sort of coming through. The taste is very, very smooth. It's sort of initially a sweet taste. Then you kind of get the lemon and bergamot in sort of in the middle, followed by the sort of juniper and coriander bit at the end. And the whole, whole flavour profile, I think, is heightened by the sort of black pepper in it. I've got to be honest, I was really worried that all these ingredients together would create a really spicy gin. And as you know, I'm not averse to a spicy gin, but for me, you know, I prefer something that's a bit more understated, shall we say? And this really is that. It, it's it, you get all those flavors together, but it's really kind of understated in a very, very clever way. It really is a very beautiful flavor profile. Now, as usual, I tried it with my Mediterranean tonic, and this creates a very pleasant G and T. But due to the sort of robustness and the, the kind of ingredients in it, I think, to be honest, you could throw pretty much any tonic at it at all. And I have to be honest with you, I would have to put my beloved Mediterranean tonic to the side and replace it with elderflower because it's absolutely superb with that. I think it would make a, a, you know, a nice dry martini, although I think on balance, for me personally, I would prefer it to go into some other cocktails. It was my sort of first gin from the Craft Gin Club. And I have to be honest, if somebody offered it to me, I would go, do you know what? That's not for me. But I would have been wrong. More for me. It all started when you met Mike. You were the princess and he was the front end of the cow. Your love of music led you to cruise ships. But after 18 years of seeing the world, you decided to move landside. But you didn't really feel that your music translated and so you were looking for something else to do. After lots of long walks with Mike, he was joking when he saw the wizard well at Audley Edge and said, wouldn't it be great if it was gin instead of water? And the Edge gin was born. I started to hear of your brand and see the wizard pictures online and decided to buy your miniatures. And you very kindly at the time gave me the pear gin in addition to try. And I've been a fan ever since. I'm delighted to invite Claire to the podcast to tell us more. Hello, Claire. Hello, Ben. 
Hello. So you met Mike when you when you sort of started courting and playing music and you play the violin and Mike plays guitar and you both sing. But how did you t- you two sort of go from sort of jamming together to shows on cruise ships? Uh, yes, that's right. Um, well, uh, we were dating for a year and like you say, just uh, jamming really. And um, it happened just by a happy accident because uh, Mike's dad actually used to work in a working men's club. Oh, okay. And we would go in there on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday night and uh, watch the entertainment. Uh, some good, some not so good. <laughs> <laughs> and so much so that we kind of started to feel like um, we might be able to do something ourselves. So. Uh, it was Mike's dad um, and the club that gave us our first opportunity. Right. And um, we put a few songs together and, uh, yeah, we, we put a show together. And um, at the time, um, I was working at Asda's. Right. And, uh, and Mike had his own business. Um, and uh, so we had the whole of Asda there uh, watching <laughs> us as well. <laughs> And um, and it, it was a fantastic night, although we were so, so nervous, but yeah. um, it was a great night. And basically, that's the start. Uh, from that, we um, did a couple of years of the uh, working men's clubs, which uh, were such a good training ground because they can be brutal. Yes, uh, I can those imagine. audiences back in the day. Ah. <laughs> and um, we went then uh, from there to do some theatre work uh, with some um, lovely artists uh, like um, uh, Hinge and Bracket, Ken Dodge, uh, we worked oh, wow. with uh, Norman Wisdom and uh, yeah, we worked with some lovely people. And from there, we uh, did a big audition, a big showcase in front of Bookers for Cruise Ships. Right. And, and they took us on. And once we'd uh, got on uh, with a particular company our first company was Fred Olson okay and from then um, we pretty much had the majority of cruise ships uh, wanting to book us and there uh, we set sail uh, for 18 uh, years at sea wow and what were your sort of highlights oh the travel I mean we've been so lucky right. to have traveled the world uh, more than once and to do it together as well yeah absolutely you know um, we've been to such amazing places and seen so many wonderful things and, um, you know, had the opportunity to soak up the, the local cultures and the food and the, and the local drinks. And, um, you know, it's just been a tremendous opportunity um, and one that we'll cherish. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what sort of made you, when you sort of came sort of landside, um, what sort of attracted you to, to Audley Edge particularly? Yes, I've got a, a, a little family history um, in okay. Audley Edge, really. Uh, both my mum and dad uh, and my uh, mum's sister, um, they used to um, hang out at Audley Edge, oh, right. um, okay. I, I believe. <laughs> and, uh, and plus, it's a, you know, it's a lovely area. And essentially, when we came uh, back to the UK from all our time, at sea we were just looking for somewhere nice uh, yeah. to you know unpack our case and set up home so um we came to Audley Edge and immediately felt at home so yeah we uh, 
we started looking for a place and, and that, that's it really we were just yeah able to set up home in Aldley Edge. Wow and, and how did you come up with the brand idea? Well again it was literally we've got a beautiful um, National Trust area right on the doorstep uh, called the Edge. Right. And it's a forest and uh, rock formations and um, you know it, it it houses the the local legend of the wizard of Aldley Edge, <laughs> someone that someone that you know very well. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and um, but it's absolutely stunning to go there for um, you know you can lose yourself for hours just walking around. It's absolutely beautiful. Right. And they uh, there are lots of different walks that you can do, but they're all based on the on the wizard and that local legend. And so you go and do the wizard walks, you see, and there's the wizard pub. And the wizard tea room and it's just so so lovely so we kind of you know with being quite theatrical ourselves and uh you know loving all of that kind of mythical history uh we fell in love with it and um and uh, everything that it had to offer so uh, essentially it, it our love of um our brand grew from walking around the edge wow and, and how would you sort of describe the brand? How would we describe the brand? Well, yeah, I mean, again, because of our theatrical background um, and our love of all things sort of, you know, mythical, supernatural, history, and the the legend of the wizard is, is just such a lovely one. And for anybody that, that doesn't know, um, the wizard is thought to have been Merlin, you see. Um, our brand then sort of allows us to be playful yeah. um, with with that wizarding world um, and that legend. Um, it, so, it, yeah, it is I absolutely mean, genius, I've got to be honest. It really oh. sort of pulls you in. I mean, it just, and it certainly, put, you know, it's one of the things that really sort of pulled me into the whole, you know, sort of looking at your brand and, and you know, it just... It's just, I don't know, there's something magical. I mean, I'm a big sort of Harry Potter fan as well. So yes, I, yes. But I think it just, it just, it's just such a nice, particularly on what's sort of going on in the world at the moment, it's just such mm. a nice kind of, you know, as you say, sort of playful brand that kind of gives you that, I don't know, feel, feeling of sort of relaxing and because. Yeah. You know, yeah well, so. that's it. We're, we're a serious brand, obviously, but then I think it's just nice to have a little bit of a play. Absolutely. Uh, like you say, yeah, just, um, yeah, for us, it, it, it just ties in with um, with our love of, of theatre and, uh, yeah, just ties it all together. And, and what does the brand sort of mean to you particularly? Oh, for me, um, well, I think really fulfilment and sort of it brings us, you know, pleasure and happiness. Yeah. Um, because... Uh, we, you know, we we love. Again, I know I've, I've said it before, but we just love um, the myths and legends. And so for us, it's just a fulfilling um, opportunity to produce something um, that we love. Yeah. Well, I, I think you know. You say you're repeating, but I, I don't think I think that's the the sign of a good brand because you're sort of just you know by doing what you're doing you're just reinforcing you know what that kind of brand is all about so yeah you know, I think you know that's that's what it's all about and I think you know 
I'd love to see what a lot of branding experts would make of your brand because I think they'd be, you know, they'd think it was amazing as far as I'm concerned because it's just, I just really just think it's just nice that you've, you've just captured everything in sort of one, you know, sort of not not one or two images, but you know, there's just so much that you can sort of think about and, and imagine about the brand that I think is definitely really, really, really nice so uh... oh thank you um you know we even went as far as to have a photo shoot um at the edge oh really uh, one day yes we did and um we had a lovely photographer uh take pictures and Mike actually dressed up as the wizard oh fabulous oh <laughs> uh, yes he did and he was sort of um amidst the trees in the background uh dressed as the wizard oh, and it fantastic. was hilarious because you've got people all around going for walks with the dogs and <laughs> uh, <laughs> and there we are taking bottle pictures and uh, Mike's dressed up as the wizard so we've got quite a few funny looks but we got some great photos excellent excellent so obviously you know you've got the brand there and um that that that's great but there is a you know there's a very a big difference from having a brand and thinking about gin to actually distilling gin so how did you get into gin distilling in the in the sort of first place <laughs> yes absolutely well there you go because like you say um through the walking um up at the edge and uh, finding out about the, the wizard and all that that entailed and um, I think as well going back to our travel and our, our opportunities of um, traveling the world and having lots of you know um, local drinks around the world sure. uh, sampling lots of different gins when we came back to the UK wondering what to do we didn't initially realize how big the gin scene had got because whilst away at sea um, it completely surpassed us and it was only right. coming back to the UK that we uh, were immediately the immediate realization that gin was huge um, and it was something that we loved and um, we knew of quite a few um, you know craft distilleries that had set up you know within the Cheshire area Right. Okay. Um, but also, um, we have a good friend, uh, Mike's best friend from school. He has his own distillery um, as well in Oldham, and okay. he's called Defiance Gin. Right. And, okay. Uh, he's absolutely fantastic, and he was very instrumental in helping us uh, in the beginning because, you know, on a particular night, we were bemoaning what to do, and <laughs> um, and we we got talking about gin. Um, our love of it and he sort of said you know have you ever thought about making your own gin um so we you know that got us thinking and he invited us down to his distillery okay and we kind of caught caught the bug uh, from <laughs> there basically uh, you know it, it's such a fascinating process and um and at the end of it, you make some fabulous gins. You, so, you certainly yeah, do. Was, I can was, attest to that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> it was thanks to Paul, essentially, um, giving us the inspiration to, to get started ourselves. Um, he showed us uh, a lot of the ways that you know he makes the gin. And then, of course, it's just sort of reading up and learning online and, and just trying to find out as much as we could. And then eventually setting ourselves up um there's uh, you know there's a lot of hoops to go through uh, a lot of legalities um with paperwork and licenses to get 
Yeah. Uh, so it's it's not an easy process to no. start uh, to start your own distillery, but you know we got there. And um, it, there does and seem like, to be a common thread because when I've spoken to people about distilleries, they all say the same thing. They said once yes. you set up, it's fine, but getting yes. set up is a bit oh, of a exactly because you can't do anything until you've got the uh, specific licenses that no. you need to to make the gin and sell the gin. And, and actually, we were very unlucky because uh, HMRC actually lost our paperwork. Oh um, no! Yeah, I know. And they, there was a few a few people apparently some sort of computer glitch, or we're not sure. Anyway, uh, so ours actually took even longer than it really should. You know, we kept mm. pestering them, yeah. and uh, yeah, eventually they they realised the mistake, and it was all fine. But yeah, ours took longer than it even should have. <laughs> Oh dear, that's not that's not good. That's not I good. know. Um, and so, what's sort of the base for your gin? Yes, for our gin, we use uh, neutral grain spirit, okay. uh, which is ninety six percent right. Okay, um, alcohol. Yeah. And um, you've, I know you've got two stills, Merlin and Arthur. So, that's right. So imagine, if you can, that I've apparated. A Saturday night with with Merlin, who I kind of know quite well now, Wizard of Audley Edge, in case anybody doesn't know by now, and he's kind very kindly let me stay in the Wizard's Hatch. If I were to arrive in the distillery with with Merlin, what does a sort of pre-production day look like? Mm, yes, okay. Well, we would have actually started it um, forty eight hours before your right. visit with regards okay. to the botanicals okay um because there are certain botanicals that we actually soak in the neutral grain spirit for 48 hours right uh, before we distill so that's the um the wolf berries um otherwise known as goji berries uh, they get soaked um and as does uh, all the orange zest that we use to make the uh l'orange okay. so that gets soaked as well you see right um, okay so that that would be uh, two days before for soaking. Okay. And then uh, usually the night before or the afternoon before uh, the next day for distilling, we would, um, uh, you know, grind the uh, coriander seed and the juniper and we would, uh, with a pestle and mortar, there's, there's, there's certain botanicals that we sort of uh, mash up right, okay. uh, by hand. And then that, they all get bagged up in a muslin bag together. Okay. And um, and then the, the soaked uh, goji berries uh, get added to it. Okay. And the the orange zest actually gets discarded because um, all that goodness has been stripped stripped away. All that lovely flavour, all the natural oils. Right. They've been uh, stripped away and are then present in the alcohol. Okay. Um, and uh, we just add extra dehydrated oranges right, okay. uh, then to the botanical mix. And then that, that basically goes uh, under the lid of the still. Okay. And uh, that all gets fastened, fastened down nice and tight. Okay. And, uh, yeah, then the, the process starts. And uh, we, we do uh, what's called vapour infusing. Okay. And so um, we do that, and it's it's... It is temperature controlled, and we do that for about seven and a half to eight hours. Wow! Uh, so okay. one, yeah, it's <laughs> it's a long day. So once we get started, obviously we can't leave. Um, it's got to it, we've got to be there all the time because right. you know this it's very serious 
there, there are some distilleries that have unfortunately had fires and things like oh, that. Oh, so goodness. Right. They, so it really, yeah, really is absolutely. kind of very serious from that point of view. Very. It... Yeah. You can't leave it. Yeah. It can be volatile. Um, but then you've got to have, you know, certain safety features in place, which we do. Sure. And, uh, and it, it's common sense. Yeah. No, absolutely. And uh, yeah. So it's temperature controlled vapor infusing for okay. around eight hours. And, uh, and at, at that time, we're then, you know, Usually, you would see us uh, bottling a batch that was previously done okay. during that time, uh, labeling bottles. Um, and that's all by and, hand, uh, isn't it? Yeah, all by hand, putting gift boxes together, uh, all by hand. Yeah, everything we do is just the two of us. So, you know, when you get that bottle, it has been lovingly handled by you and Mike. You know, it it's sure not, has. It's not, it's not just, you know, sort of put on a, a factory line or anything like that. It's actually, no. you know, Know, been lovingly created by you mike which is which is even nicer i think particularly when you get that lovely card through from you oh that's lovely so, well uh, yeah it's certainly the personal touch with our operation yeah, yeah. it's it's hands-on <laughs> yeah. well i think and i think it, you know i always say with you know if you've got sort of um a, a smaller a smaller business that you have to be you have to stand out and and for me, you definitely did stand out when you, you know, just it may seem simple just writing a note, but that really, really is a personal touch. Oh, that's nice. And, that's uh, you know, I, I did say that on a, a previous post that I put out, but it's, it is a really, really nice touch. And it's, you know, lots of companies, I think, can learn from that because so many companies these days just go through the process. And, yeah, you might get the goods that you want, but when you, you know, who are you going to go back to? Well, I'm certainly going to come back to you because, you know, you've got that personal touch. I think it's just so important. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, definitely. I agree. So so once we've gone through the vapour infusion, what, what sort of happens next? Mm, well, then basically, um, we, like I say, it's been eight hours. So we would then uh, switch off and um, whilst the... Um, the, distill the distillation process has been happening. We have a reverse osmosis machine. Okay. And what, what this does, um, it basically take, takes just regular tap water. Okay. And it purifies it. Okay. Um, it takes, it, it demineralizes and just takes everything out of it. So it is just the absolute purest uh, water possible. Yeah. And then uh, essentially this will then be added to um, the gin that we have distilled. However, we don't do that necessarily until the next day because the vapor infusing, uh, you know, it's a fierce process. It's, it's um, high temperatures. So we do let it then relax overnight sure. in the still. And it's the next day that it gets poured uh, from, the, uh, from Merlin or Arthur. It gets poured into the big tank. Okay. And so so the, at that uh, point is it still 96% proof? It's around 92% at uh, that point. Oh okay. Yeah, right, okay. Yeah. Oh right, I, um, I had cuz quite a lot of distilleries that I've talked to sort of add the water kind of quite a bit earlier on, so that's quite kind of kind of interesting to do it that way. Oh yeah, okay. Well, I mean whilst the distil distillation process is happening, there is water running through. Right. Uh, because this this will um, then aid in the temperature controlling. Sure. Um, so yeah, there there is water uh, going through 
Um, however, it doesn't particularly affect the ABV. It is, um, you know, like I said, the temperature control. And and by no, the it's end just of it, my, it's only. But it, I was thinking that that um, you would have added the water and it would sort of come out sort of 40% proof. That's why I'm... Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that would be easier. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a bit more involved. No, okay. Um, yeah, so then the the 92% gin, the gin uh, gets put into the big tank and okay. the reverse osmosis water is added. Right, okay. Um, but we have to actually calculate um, the amount of water that we need to add and that's done by taking the temperature and using an alcometer Wow. Um, which calculates um, uh, how much water essentially we have to put in to then bring it down to uh, the 40% ABV. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, it, yeah, it's a little bit more involved. And uh, so then that's in the tank. And then we try and leave it for at least a, a few days because okay. it takes time for the gin and the water uh, to become one, to merge together. And, uh, and to relax, I like to think, yeah. like I say again, because, you know, it's been through that fierce process. And uh, and so I think initially, if you tried it, it, you know, it would have quite the bite to the gin. You know, some sure. companies will bottle straight away and uh, and that's fair enough. That's that's their, their style. But we like to just let it relax, just let it hang out in the mm. tank. It sounds as though you've cut, you know, the, the poor old gin's gone on, on a marathon ride. It has. And it's, it's, yeah. it's absolutely knackered. And then you've <laughs> it sent is. it to like a health farm just to kind of completely <laughs> relax for a week. Exactly. Exactly that. Just give it a little bit of chill out time. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and then, then it's ready for a bottle in a few days later. And uh, I mean, well, it's certainly worth doing that because, the you know, the smoothness of your gin is just you know amazing i mean i think oh, thank you. you you generally find that in in you know a lot of craft gins they're a lot smoother but you know yours is particularly you know and and you know obviously i've been having you know the l'orange gin sort of um well quite a lot over the last few days <laughs> and uh you know the, that's amazing as well the way you've kind of it's sort of seamless the orange flavor it, you don't sort of get it like initially and then it you know sort of um, comes away you just sort of get it all the way through the flavor profile it's just oh that's so lovely it's just yeah. it's just fabulous it really is oh thanks Ben um so obviously I know sort of you and Mike sort of both work on the gin side but how how does your time get divided um between you know yourself and and Mike with regard to you know how you sort of operate the the, the, the distillery yeah well I think um, I would say that Mike does a lot of the behind the scenes uh, okay. things with regards to the boring stuff like the paperwork and, you know, that kind of thing. And um, we kind of split making the gin. I mean, essentially, we're both there at the distillery. So sure. we're both hands on. Uh, there's no sort of one job that's his and one job that's mine. No. It's just we're getting there. Who's making a brew? Who's starting the? <laughs> <laughs> who's starting that off? Um, so there's no set jobs for us. We kind of right. do share everything, um, but then he takes control of the behind the scenes, uh, right. the financial side of things, um, and I'm sort of front of house okay. you know, with the social media um, or events. You know, you'll okay. see me at the markets and things like that. Right. Okay. Okay. 
and and so if you know it's kind of kind of neatly brings us on to your your gins themselves what what was the sort of order you produced your gins in and kind of uh, was there a, a reason behind that yeah okay well it was our london dry gin okay. that we produced first and because i mean for any any gin company that's yeah. the you've got to kind of have your signature your brand one. haven't you so. yeah exactly exactly and um something that always has interested me uh, and both of us as well but uh, me in particular um has been nutrition right um, whilst at sea i uh, did have a fair amount of time on my hands so i was able to do um a great little online course uh, for oh, a diploma wow. in nutrition and uh, you know it's always been important for us to eat healthy and stay healthy yeah absolutely um, especially whilst traveling you know yeah um so it was really important for us to have something in our botanical mix for our london dry that might be a little bit different but was also um you know of nutritional value right and okay so um although it's a london dry gin and uh, and it's a classical gin in that way yeah um it's just ever so different just because uh, we use the goji berries as the signature botanical and that, the largest botanical yeah um after the juniper um, and, and that yeah, definitely so. makes a difference because i remember talking to you i think i sent you a message and i was just going oh the, the sort of sweetness you get and you went oh yeah that would be right. the goji berries yeah so yes exactly it's ever so delicate yeah um because we didn't want it to flavor the gin uh, that wasn't their job you know um it was to give like you say that just ever so delicate sweetness um and every palate is different you know yeah, taste absolutely. is subjective so people will taste um you know one person will taste something and another won't but you you tasted it and it was there and at that i was really happy um that you did yeah no it's... Uh, because that's why they're there it's ever so subtle um but they're doing the job and they also aided um in creating this the smooth gin as well yeah uh, they, they did make a difference so uh yeah so that was our our london dry okay and the importance to have just something uh, a little bit different in and of course the goji berries are, you know, full of vitamins, antioxidants. So, you know, I it is funny think, when well, you talk. Surely, it's good for us. Yeah. <laughs> when you talk about goji berries, they sound all sort of mythical and magical. But as soon as you say yeah. wolf berries, I immediately oh, yeah. sort of think, you know, sort of the dark side, and you know, sort of, <laughs> you know, werewolf or something. I don't know why. Yes, no, I do, I do as well. I picture wolves yeah. absolutely. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. completely. Uh, and then what was what what was next after London Dry? So then next was our Larange gin. Okay. And this um, came about because we do um, a lot of artisan markets. Okay. And so um, whilst on the markets, you know, we're constantly in contact with uh, customers and chatting away. And essentially, we just kept being asked <laughs> <laughs> for an orange gin. And um, it's something that Mike and I uh, love as well. And so, yeah, we then got recipe testing for our Larange gym. And again, you know, it's our London Dry base recipe. And um, we didn't want to add any sugar or sweetness to our flavoured gins. 
because after trying, you know, different brands um, uh, of orange gins, all delicious, however, for us too sweet. So again, kind of on the nutritional line again, it was important for us to uh, try and create a flavoursome gin, but a natural gin. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, then, yeah. You, so. Cer- you certainly did that. I mean, as I said, I, all the other orange gins I've tried, yeah, you get the sweetness, but quite often they, yeah. the orange can take over the f- flavour profile. It can, exactly. And, and you kind of lose the juniper, I find yeah, as well, absolutely. when there's so much sugar and um, the juniper gets lost. Um, so for us, yeah. It's, se- um, it's seamless. I, I've never, I'm not sure I've tasted uh, alcohol kind of like it. It's just all the way yeah. through the flavour prep. It's almost as though you could cut a knife and you could find the orange all the, the way orange. through. Oh, lovely. It really is. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. Oh, that's great. Thank you, Ben. Um, and then, so uh, it was on to our pear gin okay. for our third gin. And we chose pear uh, because it's different, you know. Um, there are not many other pear uh, gins out there. No, think, no. <laughs> you know, no. <laughs> I think um, you know, I think one is doing apple and pear. Uh, we've got Masons that do the lovely peppered pear. Oh, okay. Um, but essentially that's kind of I might be wrong, but I think that's kind of um, about it. So we just wanted to have something different just to stand out. Um we're very lucky. We've got pear trees in the garden okay. as well. And it was kind of um, this time last year when they were producing, the trees were producing the pears. And I just kept walking past them and just thinking, you know, oh, you know, oh, wouldn't a pear gin uh, be lovely? And so um, that is kind of how we came to the uh, the idea of doing the pear gin. Again, um, just a little bit different. Again, no sugar or sweetness. And this time uh, we, um, we tried it first soaking um the actual pear fruit uh, right first before distilling um but it didn't give us enough of a flavor okay um and then we tried dehydrated pears and um and that's what we've stuck with so right we use dehydrated pears yeah they, they seem to have a more intense flavor uh, okay once dried yeah so oh wow that's, i mean uh, that's again I, the pear gin. I, I i remember receiving your gins and i thought I'll probably leave the London dry till last. I'm not sure about the pear and I'm not sure about the orange. Yeah. yeah. And I remember trying the pear. I was sort of like going, well, I'm going to try the pear, but I'm seriously expecting to sort of, you know, like go, yeah, it's not for me. And I tasted yeah. it and I was just like, I can't believe how good this is. <laughs> I just, you know, I just, I just was not expecting to, to, to you know, to, to like it. And it kind of, I, I always tend to, I've sort of got into a bit of a sort of testing process now and I kind of always do something with Mediterranean tonic. Yes, because, I love that one, yeah. Just because I, 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 yeah, I particularly like it, but it just means that I, I whenever I sort of um, review something, it's always got the, the same tonics used, so I don't sort of vary the tonic. I think that's smart. Yeah, exactly. Um, you're good. But I was, I was just really surprised that, you know, it went with that. And, and as for the L'Orange going with the, with that tonic, I mean, that to me, that's unheard of because normally I spend my whole time, if I'm ever drinking anything orange, trying to work out how I can counteract the orange. Oh, dear. And I, and I, and I, I just, you know, I put it with Mediterranean tonic. No, that's, you know, 
and it's it's great in cocktails and talking about cocktails oh yeah and perfect serve so how how would you just going back to the london dry how would you what would be your sort of perfect serve with that well um we do actually favor the fever tree uh, Mediterranean tonic as well. Okay. Um, it's a it's a really nice tonic. It's it's a smooth tonic. It, it feels like it it's maybe lighter on the quinine as well. Um, and it has hints of citrus uh, in that tonic, so it really really uh, does does go well. Uh, oh, I, I hadn't realised that. Yeah, I mean, I must say, I te- I do tend to go for a the the lighter one because I particularly I I don't like um anything that's sort of artificial i love the fact that they use fructose to to, yes, to sweeten me too. it so i think yeah definitely it's definitely yeah, no, my that's go-to tonic yeah very much so um and we find as well when we're at the markets and uh, giving out samples uh you know everybody has their favorite uh, tonic brand of course but when, yeah. when we do have the fever tree um it's uh, you know it's enjoyed by everybody it seems you know it's always noted that i've got the beef tree tonic so it's definitely a popular <laughs> brand it's definitely popular um so yes the uh the london drive with the fig tree mediterranean and we just love um either a slice of orange or i love grapefruit ruby grapefruit oh okay uh, with it goes really nicely and if you want to get a bit fancy um, a nice sprig of rosemary in there as well. Uh, really? Rosemary and grapefruit. Yeah, rosemary and grapefruit is lovely. Oh, I haven't tried that it's combination. It's really nice. Yeah, it's nice. And, of course, within our uh, London Dry recipe, um, we use dried cut lemon peel and orange peel as well. So it just all brings out that lovely citrus oh, okay. uh, vibe as well. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I must so say I'm getting into getting into having sort of orange in in gin. I kind of quite that's kind of quite a nice, nice thing to do. It's not not something I I've, I've don't ten, don't tend to have garnishes, but I'm starting to change my ways. Oh, <laughs> it's nice to experiment, isn't it? Absolutely. You and, know. Yeah. And what what about sort of uh, is there a sort of a, a sort of signature cocktail that you would serve with that, or is mm, it for our London Dry? Yeah. Well, do you know, I mean, we are no experts uh, when it comes to the making of cocktails. We're very good at drinking them, <laughs> 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 but we're no experts uh, on the making of them. So um, we don't have anything specific. However, um, I'll hark back again to our times on the cruise ships because there was a particular company. And they used to, well, they do, they have a, a, a martini bar on board. Right, and, okay. And uh, this bar was amazing. It, it, the, the actual top of it was made of ice. Um, wow. Uh, it was amazing. It was so good. So you would find us there frequently going through that <laughs> martini uh, menu. <laughs> so we do favour uh, the martini, which in itself is extremely varied, of right. course. Yeah. Um, but one of our favourites um, that they did was a lychee martini. Oh, wow. Uh, with that, yes. And so we've made that with our London Dry, and that is a big favourite. Okay. Um, and that essentially, it's on our, um, the recipe's on our website, but it's super simple. It is literally just uh, our London Dry gin, um, uh, lychee juice, okay. and some some uh, vermouth wow uh, you know that's it but it's delicious it's really really good um and what about the l'orange how would you what would you sort of be oh yeah so the l'orange and so we just like uh, a nice premium uh, light tonic with the l'orange like the tree uh, light and then 
because, like I say, because there's no sugar or sweeteners used in it, we find, um, again, a nice slice of orange. And then that natural sweetness just permeates uh, the gym. And that is really, really lovely. And if you fancy a bit of greenery, it's really okay. nice to try some basil. Wow. Yeah, the basil oh, and orange. Rosemary and basil. I just I just never would have thought of putting that with a cocktail. I don't know why. I know. Or, well, sorry, it, with know, a it, serve. Yeah, it looks pretty, um, but um, it's very fragrant as well, which is all yeah. part of the experience, isn't it, when yeah. you have a drink? Oh, absolutely. It's about the nose as well as the, the palate. So, um, yeah, rosemary and basil. And you, really you nice put those though. sort of not as a – actually – in the drink as it were Ooh, so, yeah, so you were actually getting the oh okay wow yeah yeah that's a bet they work really nicely we find okay and what about a cocktail oh well for our larange gym one cocktail that we did actually make um, was the saint clement's martini okay and uh this is um again it's it's similar to something that we would have had at the martini bar on the ship and it's delicious it's really really yummy and again super simple um it's just a nice mix of uh, well we use fresh squeezed orange juice and lemon juice and um, our lorange gin of course and um some cointreau and then that's all shaken up over ice and strained uh, into your glass and that's that's really really nice that's the saint clement's martini and obviously, you know, I've been uh, doing some experimentation with the uh, with the wizard. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I was just thinking. I mean, I, I think the orderly orange teeny is also a good one. Um, well, this is it, and the Negroni that you made as well. Oh yeah, I've forgotten about Negroni. I know. Well, um, the cocktails that you've made have been absolutely brilliant. And uh, we need just to get a couple of ingredients in and we'll be trying them all because, um, <laughs> yeah, like I say, we're, we're no experts when, when we come to making cocktails. So that you've made these, like we're instantly, you know, wanting to try because yeah. look, they look fantastic, sound great. Yeah. But the, yeah, the orange teeny was a bit of a weird one because I actually accidentally put red vermouth in rather than... Oh, yeah. And... Uh, just seem to add and it's, i think it's slightly added to the color as well how so, interesting yeah, yeah, yeah definitely so. a nice happy accident yeah and i liked the the latest one um that you used apricot brandy yeah uh, yeah the the chester grows grows mm. for the, yeah <laughs> and and there's also a, a um one coming out um very very soon in fact um which is the oh i was just to see whether i could see it in my feed but i can't um the the Mer, um yep the merle gin rogers so it's oh, a, ginger, a, it. a ginger rogers but obviously Brilliant. you know um merlin had to have his take on it and it was his oh, turn to name the drink did. so uh, <laughs> This is brilliant. I can't wait to see this um, one. It sounds that, awesome. That, that's that's very, it's very similar. But what I did is actually took out the Contra. So it, it only has um, a, a large gin, um, apricot brandy and um, dry vermouth in sort of equal quantities. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's quite a nice one. Anyway, um, sounds and, good. And, um, and, and then on to the pair. How, what would on be to the your, pear, yes. your perfect serve for that? We love um, our pear gin with elderflower tonic. 
oh, it goes so nicely together. Um, any fans um, that anybody not a fan of elderflower, a nice light tonic uh, works really, really well as well. Um, but not we a fan of elderflower. elderflower? No. Oh, there's some, there's, there's some out there. Ben. Really? Oh, yes. I know. <laughs> Strange people. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so we love that a light or elderflower tonic. Okay. And um, and to be honest as well, uh, we do meet, of course, uh, quite a few people that are not tonic fans at all. Sure. And so um, we always suggest as well the you know the flavoured sparkling waters right, uh, that okay. you can get these days. There's some uh, fantastic ones in like apple and elderflower uh, sparkling water. Uh, as well goes really really nicely okay and uh, and garnish with a slice of pear or like you did the pear spheres yes yeah i'm not quite <laughs> sure they yeah i did well i tried to do a complete sphere but you can't really get a sphere out of one side of pear i found <laughs> it, to my it's cost. hard isn't it yeah, yeah absolutely so yeah yeah two semi spheres and kind of fit them together <laughs> but yeah. uh, it's great yeah and, nice. and and so you know, we talked a lot about flavours, but what, what flavour would you like to do next or have you got any plans to do anything? Oh, yes. Um, well, I think I think it would be next year now that okay. we would look at our next gym. Um, sure. Because it, with it being the two of us that, you know, that does everything, there's, there's an awful lot that goes into the production of just one gin, let alone three gins. So at the moment and with the space that we've got in our distillery, Okay. Um, it'll just be the three this year, but next year, um, something that again we're being asked about is a pink gin. Okay. Um, and so we are looking at a berry based gin, and you know, bringing the edge into it again. So along the lines of the fruits of the forest. Oh wow! Uh, but yeah, I think that would be nice, and I think it'll complement the range as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I look, so, look forward to trying that one. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah. So I dare say we'll get we'll get working on that uh, early next year. And and am I right in saying you is that when you get your your next still? Yes, yeah. I'm sure we will. And, yeah. And and would you like to reveal the name of? Because I know you've already <laughs> named it. Well, you know we've got to keep within the theme, of course. Absolutely. Um, and therefore to go alongside Merlin and Arthur. It would be Guinevere. Ah, excellent. <laughs> but of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. so obviously, I know, you know, you've talked about going to, to markets. So how, how do you sort of find the local markets to, to go to? Mm, yeah, they've been fantastic for us. Okay. Um, because we're literally, you know, like when you go to gym festivals and things like that and you get to meet the makers yeah essentially the markets are are just that as well because we can give out samples you know they can ask us whatever they want we can try the gin uh we can chat they can find out about us so it's really nice um uh, you know intimate transaction between ourselves and the customer sure uh you know personal service and it's just hopefully a nice experience uh, for anybody that comes to our stall and um, because I, I do like a chat so uh -huh. <laughs> and um and it has been literal uh, market research yeah because as we know the general public are not shy about no. telling you what they think no no <laughs> um and thank goodness for us uh, it's um, been uh, very positive 
since we started and um, we've been able to you know get our gin out in front of hundreds and hundreds of people at these markets so they're invaluable for us yeah i know a lot of uh, other gin companies don't tend to do them um but we think they've been very worthwhile yeah absolutely and, and, uh, and we know. enjoy doing them as well you know we like to meet the people yeah um i guess from working on cruise ships again you know we, we were always around people so it's nice for us to to meet our customers yeah and uh, and hear the feedback and and you I, I know you sort of put a post out with regard to you know what your stall kind of looked like and it was amazing it really oh, was it really you. was superb i just you know I think it, you know, anybody that's that's sort of saw it would definitely have to go up to it because it was just you, you just oh. the way you decorate it was really really nice. So, uh, oh, thank you very much. Yeah, well, Mike's not a fan necessarily of all my um, <laughs> leaves and flowers and fruits around, but <laughs> but again, but actually, it's all about the brand. You know, you you're you're it sort is, of seg- it's segmenting the, the brand together. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And to be fair, after I showed him a photo of my recent stall setup because I, you know, in the summer I've got green leafage okay. and uh, <laughs> now this time of year I've got fall colours, you know, um, and I sent him a picture and he had to concede that it did look very nice. Yeah, so it did. Um, yeah. I won. <laughs> <laughs> and, and sort of where, where kind of next are you, are you looking to expand, you know, I don't know, yes, into supermarkets yeah. and sort of other channels or? Well, yes, absolutely. I mean, that would definitely be nice. Um, We are stocked in lots of uh, local farm shops, which have been absolutely fantastic. And um, we're in Portland Wines, which is, I think, perhaps a local Cheshire um, company. Right. And they've got they've got four uh, shops within Cheshire. Uh, we're in um, quite a few bargain booze uh, in Cheshire as well. Okay. Uh, and they've been fantastic. Uh, so we are in uh, some shops and local bars, but of course the idea is always to just, you know, um, uh, increase where we can be stocked. Yeah. Um, obviously this year. Well, if the big supermarkets very, very are listening, you know. Yes, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah, we'd love, we'd love to uh, be on the shelves. However... I think it's quite a hard climb to get there. Yeah. Um, and and to be honest, we're, we are a small uh, distillery. Uh, so at the moment for us, it's working to be doing the markets and sure. to be stopped locally. Well, I think um, I think but, I, I was quite, quite interested, um, sort of, I've seen quite a few distilleries and some distilleries are like, you know, do you know what? We kind of like the size we are and we're kind of mm, happy with yeah. that. Um, and then some distilleries, um, there was one very recently I saw, and they, 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 I think they're quite a small distillery. You know, they only just started, but they had a massive still. I mean, it was huge. It filled the building. And oh, you're just, yes, you're just like, well, you, you've obviously got some grand plans there. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, I would have still uh, jealousy oh. <laughs> right there, I think. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, it has been great talking to you. Um, you know, I've, I've really, really enjoyed myself. Um, oh, likewise, Ben. And uh, but how um, if somebody wants to get in contact with you, what's the what's mm. the best way to sort of get in touch? Yes, absolutely. Well, we are very active on social media. Okay. And you will find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Okay. And you know, if you ever 
um, follow us and if you have a message or comment it will always be me that's replying um, as well you know we don't have anybody else doing that for us so um, I will always happily um, you know uh, interact on our social media and we are just at the edge gym okay uh, on those three platforms our, our website um, which is just uh, the edge gym uh, um, and uh, and our email you can always email as well and that's just the edgegin at gmail.com fantastic and um obviously you can buy your gin on the 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 your website can't you yes you can yeah. absolutely yeah. yeah and we've got a list of local stockists as well on our website okay and i can concur that you do come back very quickly um certainly when i've contacted you on instagram and stuff like that so uh, oh that's good yeah, yeah. absolutely Okay, so before you go, um, I've got a couple of questions that I always ask okay. everybody that comes onto the podcast. So what is your favourite gin other than your own and what <laughs> would you serve it with? Oh, my goodness. Gosh, I love so many. Um, <laughs> it is a <laughs> bit of a hard question. It I is a difficult say. one, isn't it? Because um, each gin has such, you know, botanical complexity that, and that's the beauty of gin as well, isn't it? Because each one will taste um, different. Um, I think, again, with our background of travel, do you know what? I love the Spanish gin, uh, Larios. Oh, I haven't tried that one before. Oh, it's lovely. And do you know what? Imagine just, you know, sitting beachside, the sun's shining. <laughs> they, in Spain and in the Mediterranean, uh, they're very they're very um, good with a free pour, aren't they? They don't measure. No, they are uh, <laughs> fantastic in that way. Yes, I yeah, totally agree. Yeah, indeed. Uh, so I'd say a free pour of Larios, uh, lots of ice, a slice of lemon, Indian tonic, and let's have a side of bread and alioli. Oh, nice. Right? <laughs> let's have some tapas on the yeah, side as absolutely. well. Yeah, absolutely. Now, now, nobody's actually said, you know, have some some you know additional snacks as well but i like that i think that's good you've got to bring snacks into it oh, oh definitely definitely <laughs> and and last question what does yes. gin mean to you oh what does gin mean to me well do you know it's happiness because it it brings us happiness actually making the gin right but also the drinking of uh, and I think it, it, you know, but it does make other people happy as well. And uh, and just knowing that we've made something that a lot of people are enjoying, I think that's that's just really lovely. Yeah, absolutely. You know, to to actually make something and and you know, people tag us in photos. And I love that, by the way. I love that if anybody um, <laughs> buys and and tags us in photos, that's brilliant. But just to see the people enjoying what we've made, yeah, um, is so special. And also. Um, the community kind of feel like the gin community is is quite a wonderful thing because gin is so popular. Yeah. And and now there are just you know there's so many different clubs or uh, events or you know having a collection is such a big thing now and it kind of just seems to bring everybody together, uh, which I think is just so lovely. Although I have seen quite a few posts recently of people saying my collection's got too big and. Uh... <laughs> You know, sort of like sad emojis because they've got to I give know. away a load of gin. Do you um, know, it's it, it's such a curious thing, isn't it? Because the the people that collect, that they will have um, a bottle of gin on the shelves unopened, you know, for 
gosh, months, years even, because uh, they are like serious about collecting. So, yeah, yeah. I, no, I must I, say, I, once I do collect gin, but they're, they're, it's all open. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, crack those bottles open. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Well, it's lovely speaking to you, and thank you very much for joining the Gin Ignite podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you very much to Claire. I really do love the Edge Gin brand. I love the kind of magic all around it. I love the wizard and I love the gins. The London Dry, L'Orange and Pear Gin. So thank you very much again, Claire, for coming on the podcast. Now, I want to talk to you about the Old Bell Inn in the Saddleworth village of Delph. And you're thinking, why on earth, Ben, are you talking about an inn? What on earth could that have to do with gin? Well, let me tell you, they've got a gin emporium in there and it is in the Guinness Book of Records for having the largest commercially available range of gin. There are 1,258 gins in there. That's right, I did say 1,258. The Taste of Grampian virtual event is coming up starting today and going on to the 20th of September. If you want to go to www.tasteofgrampian.co.uk and it's all tied up with the City of Aberdeen tasting that I was talking about earlier on in the podcast. Verma City UK has sent round a post recently which I thought was absolutely hilarious. It said, drink responsibly, don't spill it, which really, really made me laugh. I've also been admiring the new branding on the apron from The Only Way Is Gin. As you know, Nikki Mendes came on the podcast on episode seven. And Nikki, when are we going to hear about the signature gin? When's it coming? Can't be that far away. I know you've alluded to you might have a few surprises coming up, but we want to know. I'd also like to give a shout out to Leah Buckingham. She is doing a five day Instagram story challenge starting on Monday, the 28th of September. I did it a couple of months ago and it was really, really useful. She kind of challenges you to do certain things in your stories that perhaps you wouldn't normally do. It was really, really amazing and I can't recommend it highly enough. If you go to at the Leah Buckingham and Leah is L-E-A-H and go to her bio, it will take you to the place where you need to sign up for the challenge. But Definitely worth thinking about. My Instagram shout out this week is at Gin Scouse Girl. Mel, thank you very much for liking some of my posts. Thank you very much for being a supporter of the podcast and at Gin Ignite Instagram account. It has not gone unnoticed. I loved your lime gin and the lemon and elderflower tonic. I really also enjoyed the gorgeous plate underneath. And I love the story about your holiday in Rome. I hope it's going to go ahead, obviously, or has gone ahead. I also liked your gin sunset cocktail. Gin, orange, lime, cranberry and pineapple juice just sound absolutely gorgeous. And I love the combination of your rock rose gin with, now I'm terribly sorry about my pronunciation, with the Bibit Palada Mandandero which is according to my um, looking up on Google Translate, Tangerine. And I love the green vibe to your post and your story. I also really love the gin and elderflower fizz you did. 
I love mermaid gin too. And I've not really put it in sort of cocktails or anything like that. So you've really inspired me to try that. I really love your posts and how much effort you put into them. I also appreciate how down to earth kind of your write up are. And I think that's really great because they're a real joy to read. Thank you again for your support and congratulations for being this week's Instagram shout out. I would love to hear from you if you want to get in touch at Gin Ignite on Instagram or Twitter, obviously via direct message. If you prefer emailing even, then you can get hold of me at gin.gossip at ginignite.com. If you've got any ideas for the podcast, then podcast.ideas at ginignite.com. The thing that I like about the gin community that I've met so far is that nobody judges anyone for what they believe, what they look like or who they choose to be. The world would be a better place if everyone took that view. Grab your drink, toast those you love, enjoy your weekend and whether you decide to party or stay in, I will be with you in spirit. Seriously though, enjoy your weekend and I look forward to joining you for another episode next Friday. Cheers! Oh,